0: To the Construction Big
1: Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your Good morning, host. everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Brendan Morahan, and welcome once again to the Construction Big Breakfast. Today, we'll be diving into the whole concept of how we get value out of construction, but very much from the angle of investment and acquisition. So today I'm delighted that joining us on this podcast is Gary Lamb. Gary's uh, got her own business called Acid Tree, um, and she's gonna bring a very unique perspective to today's podcast. So welcome, Gary, and I wonder if I can ask you to maybe expand upon that introduction, just to introduce yourself and your background and what your aspirations are, please.
0: Thank you Brennan. Thank you for having me here and uh, good morning everyone. Hope everyone is having a good breakfast as well. Um, I have my coffee mug here. Um, So uh, my background, uh, I'm an engineer, I. um, I'm from India originally and I came to UK about 16 years ago. Uh, Did my masters here and then have been in a corporate job until about four years ago, ended up um, taking up on an MA journey, bringing the corporate experience that I have built in the construction industry into the SME world, which started our journey of uh, getting involved in the SME construction companies. Um, and that has taught us quite a lot. Uh, today Assetree, uh, we can proudly say, is a boutique PE firm based in London and we have got businesses all around UK. Um, our values are and the DNA has been very much around uh, strong ethics, and we know the SME world has is, contributes to about 99% of our economy. There are 16 million, around 16 million people uh, who are employed in this world, and what our aim is to bring um, access to the funds uh, which are sloshing around at a higher level, value for buy and build uh into the construction world into the other businesses we own as well uh, but particularly in construction and building services industry where we are very active um, and also uh bring the businesses into the next generation of uh of the next step of the business which is Digitalization, um, the ESG element of it, what are we giving back to the planet? Uh, How are we working on bringing this business into the future? Um, And so, yeah.
1: Clearly, there's plenty to go at, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. But as always, before we get into the detail, equally importantly, what did you have for breakfast this morning?
0: Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, I normally have, and this is a routine, uh, so I make my own smoothie in the morning so okay. that's yeah so it's banana oats and uh, dates and blueberries and so on so yeah yeah and then endless coffees so I'm on my <laughs> yeah. third coffee right now okay. <laughs> uh, but that's normally yeah that's well, normally health- the routine
1: a healthy start to the day yeah as tried- you said, uh, I'm in our office today I was fortunate to get in very early so I had a lovely uh cup of tea and a croissant in uh Russell square this morning in the park in Russell square so it is a is a very pleasant start to the day but uh, not like the breakfast we used to have of old but
0: uh... well that still could happen when i'm on sites and stuff but this is this is more for work from home not moving from your desk too much so need to yeah. need to yeah. keep, <laughs> the keep the casting <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're on site, you're on your feet all the time, you're running around, you're on the phone, walking here and there, so it kind of, you burned it off. <laughs> but,
1: yes, exactly. Yeah. So let's get back then. As you said, you spent uh, your career in corporate life, and I think you said four years ago, you set up uh, your own investment mm-hmm. business. Um, one of the things that, that struck me when I first met you, and and you repeated it there, is about the the whole values-based nature of your business The pursuit of ethics and the like and and, and therefore I just wonder whether you could explain to listeners how that is framed you know what are the ambitions for your business what is the vision do you have an explicit purpose Um, so that we get a feel for what is the strategic criteria around which you identify your target acquisitions and then pursue them thereafter
0: that's a very good question Brendan because uh that is that is really at the core of what we do Uh, the main purpose of where we are at and what is driving tree at this point in time is to allow um to to allow for two types of acquisitions predominantly if i have to class them at all in any form of uh, uh, tree one would be Or um, there is a generation of business owners who have started businesses 40, 50 years ago who are looking for an exit and they they have got this amazing team around them, the trusted employees and partners in the business, and they want to know that the future is secure for their team. Mm -hmm. And that the legacy which is passed on in a safe pair of hands, and uh, it's the the team is looked after, you know, there is not a mass exodus, or uh, because these change management is such a tricky, challenging topic. Uh, Mm -hmm. and how so for us, that is one of the ways of acquisition where assetry through their values, through the support we give to these exiting business owners we allow that change to happen uh, help and support them through the succession planning um our intention is always to have uh the person running the business to be within the business uh, if we can help it rather than having a parachuted yeah. entity coming um and so yeah and we work with the business owners in that transition um the second strategy is for i think we touched on it the buy and build element of it as well where uh, there is a business owner who is who has reached a glass ceiling and who is looking for growth and is not able to or not, they are definitely able to achieve that growth but you know you hit a ceiling in the sense that uh, do i employ more people to go for the bigger jobs or do i get the bigger jobs and then get the people uh, is my balance sheet big enough to be aiming for these big jobs do i have the capability because most of the business owners have started um from something a product which was amazing and they deliver that product and they gain the trust of the client and then you pick on all the business elements which kind of feed into it then you're looking after HR suddenly you're looking after the finance and the cash flow and some of these business owners find it very overwhelming that I just want to sell and I want to deliver this amazing project I don't you know I would I've picked this up but I can't go any longer and it kind of is like a self-fulfilling prophecy of creating this monster or not monster a nice cute monster because it's a business and so they are looking for a support system to help them take that next leap of faith and most of the business owners we speak to have worked towards the profitability and know what the next step is but need that extra level of comfort that we will take the bits and then they can grow we support them and they can grow and then on along the way if there are any other acquisition targets we can support them there as well because you know you will pretty much have an in-house m a team and kind of grow on that strategy and that allows you for that growth as well Uh, Interesting, but, but everything
1: you've said there is to the benefit of the current ownership. For these to be successful, it's also got to work for you. Yes. So what what is it that you're looking for in return for the support you're providing to them?
0: Uh, well, For us, normally, the acquisition works at the, you know, you buy equity into the business. That's number one. And for us, uh, the bigger picture is also on uh, the future exit of the businesses when you have bought and built and you have a bigger group and then you're planning for a future exit at a certain point in time where you have a bigger entity uh, to command a better valuation for the business or also you can kind of leverage on an ecosystem of businesses as well at a lower point if i'm looking at it in the one year two year time frame for us the benefit is the businesses working together with each other because they're in the same ecosystem and uh, sharing experiences learnings uh, so that is quite key for us as well
1: yeah sure and what about the opportunity to sell myriad services to the same customers
0: Yeah, definitely is an option, Brendan, but um, in construction, we also have to be, it has to be very transparent and open to the customer as well, that sister companies working together and there could be a conflict of interest. So we have to be very aware and tread carefully where the client is, you know, the decision maker is aware of what they're buying into. But yes, there is an all-encompassing turnkey solution option to be bought in there as well. And that that would be at the benefit for the client where they are like, here you go, the keys are here, just do the project. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to worry and the teams can work with each other. And there is that special benefit of that as well. Yeah.
1: And do you see the construction and property sector as being opportune for that type of model? I say that in the context of there has been a lot of discussion about whether the tier one model really works in construction um, because they are taking on so much risk, um, whether or not it can be mitigated sufficiently. With your buy and build type strategy, is there not a risk that you're moving towards that model? You're taking on so much risk that you're unable to properly price for and therefore manage thereafter.
0: it's again a very good question uh tier one it's uh how do i put it very politically correct uh because there is a you know uh, everyone is vilified for what you do whether right or wrong everyone has an opinion in today's world Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, tier one bless them they're trying to do what whatever they can for keeping the economy going. And yes, there are issues with payments, bigger projects, taking on projects, subcontracting everything and delivery is challenged. Whereas uh, the teams which are within the asset tree are not aiming for that they are the best in class at what they deliver and they take responsibility for their part of the job and uh, from that perspective it's not cutting corners it's giving the best for the client's perspective it's giving them the best value for money because you are getting the specialists in every team so uh it's not like a packaged up job so if the teams do decide to work together uh, let's say within assetry two of the companies decide to work together on a project uh it's still tendered it's uh, still within themselves it will be still looked at from the capacity perspective whether or not the other company is able to deliver to the level or not and it's not a given so uh if a company A and B want to work together and A is the employer. B still has to tender for the job and prove the capability before they get the job. And that's how you would make sure the client is comfortable as well. Um, so whilst the tier one will say here is the package. Go and deliver and work together. We wouldn't do that. We don't even get involved in um, assetry doesn't get involved in pitching for the jobs if that makes sense, is individual companies who are working on a daily basis uh, with their own clientele.
1: But do you see a point in time in the future where clients are coming to you for, as you referred to earlier, that turnkey type solution, where within Asset Tree you have all the necessary resources and skill sets to provide a complete package? Is that something um, that is aspirational indeed desirable?
0: Um, it's... I don't think it would be aspirational or desirable because we want to make sure we again for the same thing, uh, the the teams are delivering the best they can in the fields they are good at. If there is a turnkey option, then it will uh, very naturally move towards the contracting side of the business where then they can manage the other businesses if there is a requirement and if the client is really key and happy to work with all the all the businesses within Assetree, then we could consider that, but that is not an aspiration. That's not what the teams are aiming for.
1: No, I understand. Okay. Well, one, one of the things that I'm quite interested in is about how you get the business synergies. As you grow, there is a the potential for business synergies, but there's obviously the potential to erode some value within those business in seeking that synergy. How do you go about that?
0: It's a very interesting thing because we are going through, uh, we are, the the first thing if you, you know, the first thing I mentioned is the teams are looked after and the teams, the trust that the teams feel safe, their jobs are safe. Uh, and that's the main thing that we are always aiming for uh, and that's our promise to the business owners as well um so that's the first element we are investing in people and teams because that's what's going to deliver this whole dream for everyone else involved in the business uh, going to the synergies element because as soon as you talk synergy within different businesses the first question is you know you group functions together and then you have these people working for separate businesses and the people within the businesses lose their jobs whereas we are looking for more um, Holistic synergies with uh, overarching synergies, where it's more towards culture of the business, the synergy towards having talent acquisition strategies within the businesses which align with uh, with each other. Uh, The culture is aligned. Uh, Each business has its own little culture and we're very, very proud of it. We want to nurture it, but also the hope is that it aligns with our strands as well in a way you know there is the trust the um, sustainability element uh, solution orientated so that those kind of things align as well um business development which is quite key uh in the sense that we want art in the way that not selling client lists and stuff but also for the executive team to have a safe space to come together in on a quarterly basis or on a monthly basis i mean covid has not helped to be honest so uh, but to come together and have a forum where they can talk to each other how, what are the best practices? What have they learned? What have they not learned? From our, from assetry's perspective, the support is also uh, helping them with a standard financial package as to how how to look at the compliance, compatibility, and uh, finance reporting, and you know the best practices from finance, HR perspective. So that's the synergies we are looking at, rather than digging deep into individual businesses and changing things, which It can give you a short-term wow feel, but it doesn't last long because at the end, the people have to drive it. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Interesting. So statistically, acquisitions are a bad way of creating value across all all sectors, Um, according to academic sources, let's put it that way. And uh, certainly we hear a lot of stories where it... In hindsight, there were acquisitions that were ego-driven rather than on sound business principles. Um, so, what is the what is the approach within Asset Tree to conducting sufficient due diligence in advance, but also then ensuring that the post-acquisition commercial viability is sound?
0: Yeah, um, and it has been tested the post-acquisition for us uh, in the last two years. Up to the T, right? Because um, the businesses have, all the businesses within UK, we have all had to readjust, reinvent, uh, refocus. uh, You know, everything has changed. uh, But we are proud that we have come out of this with all our businesses there and delivering the projects. No one shut their doors. Everyone was working. So that that is, I guess that's the starting point for me to take on the point. Acquisitions, um, as I said, change management is very challenging. I mean, to give you a very bad example, but I'll give it anyways, would be uh, I have such a routine about my breakfast now that if I have a bit of a change because I don't have (laughs) I don't know, enough dates for my breakfast, that, you know, that is a big change for me already. And if we put that on a higher level where a business has been bought, there are new owners, again, it's not the money element of it, it's the people element of it, which makes the, the acquisition challenging. Uh, and how do you go about it, how as the new owners you instill this confidence and trust and honest transparent discussion with the team members that things will be the same, certain things might be tweaked because that's the reality of it in a way that um, we want it to be better, We want. To- we want it to be efficient and we want as I promised as well the hope is that we take it into the 21st century the businesses so certain things have to be tweaked Uh, so yeah that that makes it the challenge if that makes sense rather than
1: it certainly makes sense Gary but I'm going to be more provocative on behalf of our listeners because that almost sounds too good to be true Um... oh
0: no So let's
1: dig dig a little bit deeper that um, at the end of the day, this is, is, you've got to tick all of the cultural boxes, we've got to invest in people, everyone buys into that. But there is also a bottom line and as you said, particularly the last 12 months has brought that into stark focus, the importance of cash and the like. How do you really um, ensure that the business is financially sustainable? so that you can also satisfy all of the other criteria of a truly sustainable business?
0: Yeah, I mean, the DD element of it you mentioned, which was how do you do your DD, uh, which is a due diligence before yeah. the acquisition. So uh, in, in the past, we have, uh, not in the past as in we are not doing it anymore this is a continuous process but i think we have honed it even more where we added a couple of more layers uh on it so right from the beginning we um have an understanding of what the business needs when they do contact us and say i you know i'm interested in speaking to you um so that first step which we are developing right now and hopefully by the time the listeners have um listen to this we will have it on our website where anyone can go on the website do the survey of about 30 questions and at the end of the survey should get a report at which they can discuss with us for a 30 minute call as to what are good things what are the work on things so it gives us a feeling for the business already it gives us an idea for the valuation of the business and also what the dd should take in account for and then the due diligence would be very financially driven Um, are the contracts in place, insurances, warranties and also the cash flow, which is what you're so once we have the acquisition, what what is the business cash flow looking like for the next three months? at least because yeah. that's what you will allow 90 days to look like yeah. and what effect is it going to have and then working already even pre-acquisition with the mds with the owners to what. That cash flow is going to look like. What is the acceptable level? What are the working capitals? And as the owners, the new owners in the future, it then becomes our responsibility making sure that that working capital is sustained through the business at any given point. Yeah. And then we work along with the MD slash the business owners because sometimes they wear both hats, and yeah. we work alongside them to take that further.
1: Yeah. Okay. No. Thank you. So t- let's go back a step. As you, as you mentioned, you, like myself, you were in corporate life for, certainly mine, since the majority of my career, um, and you've now gone into running your own business. Do you think that the corporate life has aided you running your business more effectively, or do you wish you'd started running your own business much sooner?
0: Sometimes I feel the first one. Sometimes I feel the <laughs> second one. I, I uh, It has definitely... Um, Given corporate life has given me a very wide view of the world. It gave me a lot of uh, opportunities to be international, um, work with massive, massive teams, uh, work with different cultures, different regulations and have an open view of ideas and be accepting and open to change because it's it's so dynamic uh and uh that has helped me in businesses because the small businesses are very dynamic and agile as well and that aids that kind of structure um where i feel like i wish i had started earlier would be sometimes when um the projects the teams are de- delivering, they're so interesting. The R&D which happens at this level is incredible. And to feel like you can be on the ground, because I'm an engineer at the end, I I like to repair things, tinker things. And so for me, that element, uh, being closer to the team, uh, not just sitting all the time or being being on site, uh, that those are the times when I feel I wish I had started on this journey sooner. Best of both worlds, so I've had that and now I have this, so I'm, I'm yeah. kind of in a happy place right now.
1: Good, and who knows, Asset Tree may be a big major corporate of the future anyway, so.
0: Yeah, with, with the heart.
1: <laughs> well said. And maybe on that on that point, I know um, in discussions I've had with you in the past, Gary, you're, you're very passionate about not only the industry, but the people in the industry. Um, and most particularly about gender equality. I know you're a WISE member. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit more about what has driven that passion and whether you see um, a better future in that regard?
0: I hope so. I hope so and I certainly hope that we can have that much awareness to speak about it openly and challenge ourselves and be open to challenging ourselves to change the way we do things uh, wise was introduced to me quite recently. I was, uh, I was one of the only women in engineering in uh, uh, two women actually and when I was doing my engineering course, uh, I have been told when I went for my workshops, are you sure you want to do this? You know, do you want to go under the machine? do you want to just like read the booklet? And I was like, no, that's why I join engineering. I have been on project sites where I've had to prove that I know what I'm talking about, and I can actually build that machine from scratch. So let's just get on with it and let's have an adult conversation here. Um, so I have been in room full where I'm the only woman on site or only woman in the boardroom, and um, yeah. Um, l- slowly learned my way to speak up Um, and it hasn't you know it hasn't been always rosy and I feel there have been times when I've come home crying that uh, I wish things were different I wish someone would hear what ideas I have got to say Um, or being called love on you know sites because you're you're a young professional woman on site Um, so yeah learn from those experiences and for me fi- I was lucky enough and uh, I've been given a lot of training from my parents since the beginning I'm the only child so you get what you aim for kind of thing so that helped me to develop my confidence enough to find my voice not everyone has that opportunity or get get beaten down quite a lot and I just hope that by changing the way we do do things everyone has an opportunity to have a voice and that that is gender equality or just equality diversity and inclusion for everyone to be felt like you know the main thing about teams in businesses or anything is feeling you belong here yeah you 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 are looked after you're nurtured and your voice is heard if you if those things is the maslow's you know laws and I know a lot of importance is placed on I get emotional when I talk about it because all those memories come back to me and yeah I have been in meetings where i have been like oh you just had a baby are you sure you you can do a job properly and those are the times when I'm like yeah but that hasn't changed anything Mm -hmm. uh things so Yeah, a shift, a shift. And at the end, you know, we are heading towards a world where 50% of your population is not even representing kind of thing. In engineering, there are only 10% of the workforce which are women. And so there are things happening which doesn't take that aspect. So a company or any organization should always have voices from different parts of the community which take account of what they're delivering and because that's your client isn't it Absolutely. so to have that, that voice within the organization is so important so yeah i'm um i'm hoping we make a shift um we we in assetry have this saying uh, beyond the bottom line because you mentioned the bottom line earlier as well that at yeah. the end yeah there is there is that, but also thinking beyond that bottom line and what we are giving back yeah. and what how we can use business for good and for making an impact.
1: Good. Well, certainly uh, wish you, you and everyone else success in that hope. Um, but rather than relying just on hope, what are the things that listeners should be addressing over the next 12 months on that path towards achieving true equality?
0: I guess uh what we are doing i can share the things we are doing within our businesses talking about things more openly there could be certain comments which are made in meetings which are just offhand comments and which have generationally been okay and just just calling out that it's not okay because it's not the right thing to say and it's not it doesn't mean that you have to tread on eggshells but just the awareness of uh the the effect it could have on people uh what we are doing within our companies is we are uh, fhp and cd GDP, for example, we are going to pledge as to how much percentage, um, how what percentage of the workforce we are going to aim to being uh, being the women workforce. And uh, I don't want to put numbers out there without the buy in from oh, the yeah. team.
1: Sure.
0: That's what we're aiming for. And we're working with wise to publish our reports on what steps we are taking within the business. Uh, we are doing interview training to remove any unconscious bias from the management teams uh going forward uh, just helping to understand that what should we focus on and what should we not focus on and how do you remove that from uh, from the way we um, conduct ourselves um yeah so those are the small things uh, i talk about it i talk in schools Because the one thing I always hear is recruitment Oh, there are no women coming for the interviews for the jobs advertised. So let's take it the step further. Why? Let's dig deeper. Well, there are not a lot of engineering women. Women taking up engineering. OK, then let's target the schools. Let's show them what a woman engineer looks like and how amazing it is or uh, construction can be so cool. You can deliver all these projects. So just taking it the next level. Uh, The other quick tip would be um, asking your recruitment company for uh, a diverse pool of people. So you specifically as a recruiter telling the agents that I want a diverse group of CVs to be put forward to me. So that should help as well.
1: It's incredible that you, you, you need to think to ask that, isn't it, in many ways, but nonetheless, yeah, wise advice. look I think uh, maybe that's a good point to to bring the conversation to an end we we started about the acquisition of businesses but I think we've finished also is at the end of the day businesses are all about people and so it's about the acquisition of talent isn't it and talent has many different uh, genders creeds colors and races so uh, as I say maybe that's a a good point to to finish on there's plenty more we could have discussed and maybe we'll do in a future episode but uh, that was very insightful. Thank you very much, Gary Lamb. If um, if our listeners do want to get in touch with you and find out more about your business and WISE, is, uh, is there any way they can contact you?
0: Yes, uh, my details are on the Assetree website, which is uh, very plain and simple, Assetree.com. I'm on LinkedIn. All my contact details are there. And uh, WISE is, again, if you need any help and support there, I can introduce you to the people. Just get in touch.
1: That's great. And we'll, we'll make sure there's a, a link um, on this podcast to that as well, if, if you're comfortable with that. OK, well, look, that's great. And to all our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. Uh, we have a new episode every two weeks, so click that subscribe button and turn your no- notifications on so you don't miss an episode. Um, while you're at it, if you have liked what you've heard, I'm sure Gary and I would, would welcome a five-star review. And if you've enjoyed this episode, particularly today, please like and share it as this helps us get much more listeners and gets the message that Gary's been referring to out to everyone. And if you're interested in being a guest on this podcast uh, or look to collaborate in any other way, please do visit us at www.invent.com. The link's in the description and uh, please fill out the contact form so one of our team can get in touch. So once again, Gary, thank you so much. And thank you to you, all your listeners and enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Bye for now.
1: Thank you. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? Head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.